Hiya! Welcome back to Maxim and Marnie, another new episode. Um, I also, before we introduce our fabulous, beautiful, attractive guest, um, I just wanted to say my email is maximandmarnie at gmail.com. Um, if anybody has any questions or you would like to be on or you want to propose someone else to be a guest, I would love any and all feedback as long as it's covered in love and kindness and not too judgy. Um, so M-A-X-I-M and Marnie, M-A-R-N-I-E at gmail.com. Okay, so welcome, welcome. Today we have Carly Nasman, who is an official adult Yes, An I am. 18-year-old graduate. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Where did you go to high school? Uh, I went to Naperville Central High School. In Naperville, Illinois. Yes. And tell, you gave a speech on Sunday at the baccalaureate. Will you give a little synopsis? Because that was kind of great about your history here. Yeah, so um, basically I've been going to this church, Our Saviors, my whole life. And a lot of my family has worked here. And I was baptized here. And becoming a part of the youth group was a huge impact on my life and kind of gave me my first God moments. And without going on like these trips with the youth choir and having ignition and our youth group, like I wouldn't be in the same place with God where I am today. So you started going to youth group and tell me about youth group. So I started going, so I went to junior high youth group, which it's kind of like you kind of have to go through it. Um, and then when I started high school youth group, my first year was a little rocky because I just, I was really quiet. I didn't really come out of my shell until sophomore year, like the end of sophomore year. So I just kind of stayed quiet. I didn't really say much. I didn't get involved in really anything. So that was a little rough. But after Because that, why? Because I just wasn't open to, I was like, in my mind, these were my youth group friends. These were the people I see at church, and I only see them on Wednesdays and Sundays. They weren't my outside of church friends. I didn't really, like my brother, he was always really involved with stuff at school. So he didn't have that strong connection with his friends at church. So I didn't really think that was going to be how I was going to be either. And so in coming into it that way, you weren't super connected and felt a little bit lonely in that. Yeah. Yeah, like I went to Ignition, but it wasn't like the highlight of my week. But yeah, freshman year was a little rough. (laughs) And so then? Then I started talking to more people in my sophomore year. I had a lot of friends who were a year younger than me, so it was good for them to come in and have more people that I could connect with. And then... At the end of sophomore year, I decided to go on the Eagles Wings Choir Tour, and that completely changed everything for me. Tell the whole story. So it was actually just two weeks before the choir tour, because I was always like, nope, I can't do it. My anxiety, I can't, can't go on a trip with a bunch of people I'm not really that close with. But we were actually at Bud Suds and Grub, the huge flower sale, and I like started talking to a lot of people and that night I like was talking to my mom and my dad and I was like I really want to go but I can't like there's no way I could go and be away from you guys for a whole week like that's not possible and then we actually sat down with Mrs. P and my dad could go on the trip too so that was a huge like turning point 
and I was fine the whole week, like no anxiety, no nothing. And there was this one church we went to that I talked about in my baccalaureate speech, <coughs> sorry, um, where like after we sang our songs, just like the Holy Spirit was just like flooding in. And I just started bawling my eyes out and I still don't really know like like, there was no, like, trigger for it. Like, I wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. It was just, I was so overwhelmed by everything that was happening. And I think so overwhelmed by the fact that I was okay. That it was like, wow, that's God. That's God in my life. Um, well, you opened up into um, anxiety right away. So let's mm-hmm. dive into that. Um, so I looked up some stuff because I know um, you struggle with anxiety And anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S., affecting 40 million adults age 18 and older, 18.1% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, yet only 36.9% of those suffering receive treatment. And I also looked up, like, in the world, like, is the U.S. specific to anxiety or is it all over the world? Um, And it's not. The European region um, suffered 25%. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's that significantly different than ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also thought it was interesting, um, just people researching anxiety. Um, the number of people in wealthier societies who have an anxiety disorder is surprisingly high, which I just think is fascinating. Like, what do you think, we'll get into your whole experience with it, but I just thought this was an interesting tidbit. So if you think you're surviving for life in lower income places, Do you think that that affects your mental ability to be worried about things? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if you can't drink water that day. Yeah, so, like, I definitely get what you're saying. And I think that that's kind of a whole, like, stigma around anxiety, too, is, like, I have food, I have water, I have shelter. Why am I, like, why am I not feeling good? Um, But it's not just about what you're going through in life. It's a chemical imbalance in your brain. So like that affects, like it definitely affects your anxiety, like what you're going through in life, but it doesn't determine whether or not you have anxiety, if that makes any sense. Yes, I like it. When was the first time you had an anxiety attack or you felt like this is different than other people feeling nervous? Yeah, so let me think about that. So I've had anxiety my whole life, I think. Like I've always been very anxious and very nervous and I just thought that's how life was for everyone um and if my mom ever like walked away I would start like bawling we didn't really have babysitters because I didn't want to be with people I didn't know that well I was always with my grandparents or my parents just wouldn't go out because I didn't want to be away from them but I think it was in fourth grade I was surrounded by a bunch of people. We were looking to see what teachers we had for the year. And I was surrounded by a bunch of people and all of a sudden I felt super nauseous, but I wasn't sick. I just felt super nauseous and I ran to my mom and I was like, I'm gonna throw up. And at the time I had no clue what was going on because I was like, I was happy with the teacher I got. I was surrounded by my friends, but we were all so crowded together. And like, it was such a high energy moment that I think that was my first anxiety attack was fine like that moment because I never got sick we just sat in the bathroom and I was like I don't know like my stomach feels weird like my brain won't shut off I can't stop thinking but the first time I 
realized like this is an anxiety attack was in sixth or seventh grade I don't remember but we were seeing Frozen in theaters and I was always fine in movie theaters but in the middle of the movie it was one of the like high in- high intensity like for a Disney movie right, right, right. and it was like really loud and I was like I need to like I need to go outside I don't know what's going on but I need to go outside and we like sat in the bathroom we just sat outside and I was like I feel anxious my mom was like whoa like what <laughs> anxious are you sure and it was like I think it was that moment that I realized this isn't normal like I know I'm not gonna throw up but I feel like that rush in my stomach and my brain keeps telling me that something's wrong but nothing was wrong I was in a completely safe environment but I think that was my first like aha moment of this is not this is not okay and then when did you and your parents seek out seeing somebody for help I think it was around that time um my first experience with the therapist is kind of funny actually so we went to so I would talk to my school counselor and she recommended this one lady who had had a lot of luck with a lot of people and I went and saw her a couple times and she told me that my anxiety was because of how I ate she told me I ate too much sugar so I was already really underweight and so I started counting my calories and I was like tracking everything that I ate and I was eating less and then I lost more weight and I was getting more unhealthy so we were like this isn't right. And we tried to talk to her about it. And she's like, nope, that's the only that's the only thing that can be the issue. But yeah, it was around then. And then I obviously went and saw a new therapist. But um, that was the first time that we got help. And I had talked to my school counselor a little bit too before then. So then the new therapist, what was there? She was like, yeah, this is anxiety. Like, And so what is the treatment? Or did you do talk therapy or did you get on medicine? Um, I did both. So I've been on medicine since seventh grade and it's changed a lot since then. And I had seen the same therapist from then up until actually this year when I started seeing a new therapist about two months ago. Um, And can you talk about the blood test? Oh, yes. So it was actually... um, a swab in my mouth. Oh, okay. And yeah, but I know what you mean. So I was having trouble finding a medicine that would work for me. So I'd gone through like three or four medicines and none of them were working correctly or I would just have the side effects that I wasn't supposed to have with them. <coughs> so my um, doctor, I'm blanking on the name, psychologist, he was like, why don't you try this? So it's like 10 swabs of your mouth, like the saliva in your mouth. And it came back with a whole like 12 page report of medicines that worked and kind of worked and didn't work. Or it was like how much the side effects would affect you for all the different types of medicines. So like there was anti-anxiety meds, anti-depression and like all these different things. And we had realized that all the medicines I tried were in the yellow or the red category of like don't take this medicine. It won't help you. So ever since then, I've been on a medicine in the green, and I've been feeling great. That's so awesome. Sorry, I got to jump in. Was yes. that just this year? That was, yeah. The, in it the was fall, right? In probably like 
August or September. Okay, so the one thing I wrote down on my producer notes is like, first of all, I think you're so brave for sharing your story. But like right there, you sharing that could be so helpful Mm -hmm. to parents or anyone that is going through that and hasn't asked that question yet. Like that test, that's incredible to have you share that story. So I'll back out, but I just had to say like, whoa, that I have goosebumps because yeah, you of course want to be on the right medicine that that works with your mm-hmm. system. It's it's got to be made for you and not yeah. somebody else. I don't know why everyone doesn't do it. I don't know why doctors yeah, haven't recommended it to me before. Like that kind of blew my mind when I got the results. I was like, what the heck? Like you've been letting me try all these awful medicines. Like I went, I was way worse on the medicines. Right. So. I don't know why I didn't try it before. Like, I don't know why no doctor so ever Why wouldn't you always do that? Yeah. yeah it's very interesting. <laughs> like, it's so easy, too. Like, most insurance covers it, too, I think. Like, I'm not 100% sure. Like, don't quote me on that. But, yeah, like, like what, I don't feel like it's... What a wise thing for a psychiatrist to yeah. use if they can say. Um, and talk more about the chemical imbalance. So your brain doesn't produce what? Honestly, I don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> but I know that there's something going on up there that isn't right, right but I don't really know what it is. <laughs> so you take this pill every day, mm-hmm. and it's not that you can't still feel sad. It's not that you can't still get nervous. Right. But it takes the edge off. Would that be accurate to say? Yeah. So when, so when trying to find the correct medicine, I actually went off medicine completely for a week, which was one of, like, the worst weeks of my life. <laughs> like, I was in bed. I was constantly crying for no reason. I had one of, like, the biggest things is I had constant butterflies in my stomach, which, like, butterflies are fine if it's, like, right before a speech, but every, like, 24 hours, uh, like, seven days a week, it's awful to feel like that. And that was, like, the biggest thing that the medicine helped is I only feel nervous or anxious, well, mostly only feel nervous or anxious when I need to. And I still do have random anxiety attacks or random panic attacks, but it's mostly only in events that make sense. And do you have tools or has your therapist given you ways where you're in that moment and you start to have a big episode, maybe we call it? Do you have ways that you can calm? <clears throat> yeah, so I've been working on that a lot with my n- new therapist. It's actually been a lot better, um, like trying to find strategies. It's hard so when I'm having an anxiety attack, I usually can just distract myself. I'll just go to sleep and I'll wake up and it'll be gone. But when I'm having a panic attack, which is a completely different thing, I try to use the strategies I'm giving, but it's so hard Overwhelming. because I'm in that state of like I'm dying basically. And like your physical reaction is taken over yes. yeah, how your mind can react. Yes, completely. So I always like call my mom in the room. I'm like, mom I'm having a panic attack Mm -hmm. and usually I hold my breath because Mm -hmm. like I don't know why but it makes me feel better so so you probably having a sense of control yeah because I feel completely out of control you haven't yeah yeah exactly but usually I just try to distract myself and like I'll play card games with my mom or we'll play a game on her iPad or I'll watch a movie but it usually takes like my average panic attack will take like from 20 minutes to like two hours. Like it can go on for a long two time. Two hours. Okay. So we're just going to move on from that. <laughs> um, so yes. So well, I guess this part that I wanted to get to was, I think you're so brave to share this so openly. 
um, amongst your peers as well. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important, number one, for people who are experiencing it as well, because clearly we started this sharing how many people struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, but number two, for the people that don't, to create an empathy or a sympathy and understanding. Because I think I've run into sometimes with people saying, what, just suck it up, buttercup. Like, just just stop. Oh, like, yeah. Just, just stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And I think there's almost like this judgmentalness about not being able to control that because it's in yes. your mind. Mm-hmm. Please discuss that. So I had a lot of friends who... I am not friends with anymore because they were just kind of like, just suck it up. Like, why are you being so dramatic? Um, I had one friend who she invited me to her youth group and it was a huge kind of like, it was a big worship and it was kind of like what we have here at Celebration, but everyone was really crowded together and singing really loudly and like jumping and I had an anxiety attack and this was like kind of before I knew everything and I, and she was like, come on, like, you're disrespecting my church. Like, you don't like my church? Is that what's going uh, on? I was like, no, I just, I don't know what's going on. I just don't feel good. And so in that moment with an anxiety attack, that is where you feel nauseous? Yes. And the panic attack, you feel like it's more of a breathing. Can't catch your breath. For me, actually, what? it's still nausea. So... My whole anxiety is actually based around throwing up. I have, like, phobia anxiety, and, like, I am terrified of throwing up. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how it developed, but, like, that is my biggest fear. And it's something I can't control, and that's kind of makes it worse. But in a panic attack, it's just like, okay, I know I'm not going to throw up. It's okay. I can, I can, like, breathe this out. But in a panic attack, it's like, nope, I'm going to throw up. I can feel it. Like, I can tell it's going to happen. And I really don't feel like I can control myself. Well, and throwing up is like such a traumatic physical experience, mm-hmm. especially as someone young. So I totally understand how that would become a phobia and so yeah. big for you. Um, and so now how do you feel like it works in your life? What like do you how mean? do you feel like it affects you now that you feel like you're on medication? Like do you feel mm-hmm. strong? Do you feel capable? Do you feel like there are things you wouldn't do because um, of it? I s- I still definitely do have the anxiety moments, but I have made like some huge strides, especially this year mm-hmm. that I would have never done. Um, I went out of town without my parents. I went to Iowa with my boyfriend's family f- overnight and I was completely fine. And even just a couple weeks ago, was it last weekend? Last Uh, no, two weekends ago, I went up to a lake house after prom with someone I barely knew, and I was completely fine. Yay! Which is something I would have never done before. And I've gone to all my school dances, which was like, crowds, ah, no. Um, And like, I've made huge strides since like, seventh grade. I'm just so excited for you. you. What do you, what would be the thing that you would want people to know? Like, don't say this. Or like in your friend's case, like, Mm -hmm. please don't feel insulted. Please don't feel like this is something personal against you. This is just really in me and I cannot mm -hmm. help it. Yeah, just be like, don't, don't judge someone based on that. Because I had, I also had friends who said I was too much to handle because Mm. of my anxiety. Like, 
honestly don't tell someone that like specifically but know that it's not you who's making them anxious it's just this it's just something going on in their brain like it's not always the situation that's making the person anxious right thank you so much for sharing and talking about that i think that's so powerful and great for people to hear Mm -hmm. and for those who don't have that experience just to know how to give that grace and space when you just Mm -hmm. need it yeah right um all right so let's change topics a little bit so tell me about your brother what would you say your relationship is with him and how would you describe that yeah so my brother cole so he is two and a half years older than me and we've never been like those like brother sister like enemies like fighting all the time um we i would say we were close we weren't like super close where we would tell each other everything but as he's gone off to college and come back i feel like we've gotten closer and like i've always like loved him i've always looked up to him i always wanted to be like him and i still do because he's like in my eyes he's like literally like perfect he gets like good grades he's the best at what he does and like I definitely still look up to him a lot how would you describe yourself as a leader do you find do you feel like you're a leader yes I do yeah I do too (laughs) but I think that you're not an obvious personality for that yeah I feel like it in some situations when I'm more myself I guess I come off more as like a leader but I think that I just kind of like taking charge in situations because then I know they're going to go my way, which sounds bad. But like, I feel like if I can be in charge, I know it's going to be done well. Which again, sounds conceited. No, but I just think it's also important to know that like coupling that with the fact that you just talked about moments that you don't want to put yourself in, that other Mm -hmm. moments you put yourself in and you're in a leading role. And I would say you certainly have been a leader through ignition and not by being um, the biggest person you know, loudest person there. But I think almost um, your confidence and your wisdom really shine through, I think, to your peers. So I just think that's an exciting thing. Would you say you're an extrovert or an introvert? I was thinking about this, actually. I think I'm a little bit of both. Isn't that an ambivert? Oh, I don't know this word, but I like your smarty things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think it's fine. I think there's probably people in the middle-ish. Yeah. Yeah, so I can be fueled by, like, being out and being social but sometimes I just need to be in bed like yesterday I or no not yesterday Saturday I did absolutely nothing and it was great right like you just were like I don't need to bathe or be Mm -hmm. leave these pajamas or this couch for 24 yes yeah I love that Mm -hmm. um what is the show that you're currently watching I am re-watching The Office right now oh my gosh so I feel like in the United States of America everybody in junior high and high school watch Friends Mm-hmm. You've watched, watched Friends, okay? Yes, of course. The Office, yes. Um, and what else? Um, I've watched New Girl. I still need to watch the new season. I watched Gossip Girl. Um, and so those shows and those moments that to me that can be a little dramatic, those are not a trigger for you. No, but when I would watch like Gossip Girl, that was the most like dramatic show I watched. I wouldn't watch it before bed. Yeah. Because it would get my brain going. Yep. So that's why I like watching like Friends or The Office or New Girl because it's just like lighthearted and Mm -hmm. funny and it just kind of makes me happy, you know? Doesn't get me like really intense. 
thing. Like, yeah, because I up. think some of that is hard, difficult. Mm-hmm. Can I can I fill you in on definitions real quick? Please, you just please, taught us please. something. So there's an ambivert, 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 and an omnivert, and there's a difference between the two. Oh. And I think you could explain which one you actually are. So. Basically, you have characteristics, they have characteristics of both, but mm-hmm. it matters. So an amnivert will fit into their surroundings. Uh, for instance, in a low intensity environment, an ambivert will act like an introvert. But when in like a high stimulating environment, they act as an extrovert. So do crowds feed you and that you're extrovert or do an omnivert is the opposite. So if you're in a large crowd... Uh, you're an introvert, but if you're in a small setting and it's kind of low key, you can more act like an extrovert for omnivert. Does that make sense? Hmm. Yeah. Um. I think I'm more of an omnivert then. Yeah. But it depends on who I'm with. So like if totally. I'm with people I'm right. comfortable so I with, think, I can be I like, think that's what that's saying. Yeah. But I also like Marnie's definition from, I think it was last week, is like a lot of people think it's just the way that you act. And extrovert, mm-hmm. introvert is also like more like what feeds you. Like, and so. Right. But you, like, taught, me, you taught us definitely. I didn't know either yeah, one of those Yeah, I like this caveat little yeah. section of it because yeah. nothing's <laughs> black and white, right? We all live in a gray. Um, because you are 18 and you have grown up with social media, can you talk about your experience with that and what are your thoughts on that and when, where do you think that's going? I think it's just going to get bigger and bigger. Um, I like social media. I think there are definitely like cons to it, like definitely when talking about like self-esteem and stuff because everyone only posts the best parts of their life on social media, but I like it because it keeps me, like, connected, even with people I don't really know that well. I kind of feel like I'm friends with them, like, people I wouldn't even, like, I don't even talk to at school. Like, I see their pictures, and I'm like, oh, they're they're doing good, you know? And have you um, ever had a Finsta, a fake Instagram account? I do. You do have a Finsta. I do. And do most of your friends have one? Yes. And so a Finsta, for people who don't know, is when you have an Instagram for the public Mm -hmm. and then you have another one and that's for like your best bests. Yes. And so you do that. So like you share what can you say, like the difference of what you share? Um, So I'm like my real Instagram. I post like the best parts of my life. But on like my Finsta, I post just kind of like random things, like things I would have posted about in like sixth grade, like I just got a new pair of pants. Like, look at how cool my pants are. Or, like, I just got rained on and now I look like I'm soaking wet in the middle of school. Like, just kind of stupid stuff like that that I would, like, text my friends and they'd be like, why are you sharing this with me? But I think it's, like, more silly, more vulnerable, more not cultivated. Yeah. Yeah, more raw. Raw Mm -hmm. footage as opposed to the edited footage. Yeah. Yes, and most of your friends have that. Yeah, a lot of them do. Huh. A lot of my girl friends do, but not a lot of my guy friends do. And why do you think that is? I don't know. Because we're doing group texting. We, we just do group text or... Well, I think they Snapchat. Yeah. Yeah. Where, yeah, that's or where it's... Or you, as a boy, you can be more ridiculous. I think that, at least with, like, the friend, the guys that I'm more friends with, they just, like, don't really go on social media as much. Okay. So, so you feel like the girls are just on it more. They yeah. use it more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that might be fair. Um, what do you want to talk about with drinking and drugs? Ooh. 
What do you want to talk about with drinking and drugs? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think that it's very an interesting culture. I'm I get to be a high school mentor here at Ignition. And I think that a lot of adults I know experimented or used um, alcohol specifically in high school. Um, and they're wonderful and beautiful human beings. Mm-hmm. And then I think sometimes as parents or leaders of high schoolers, there's an expectation that if you're a good Christian that you wouldn't choose that experimentation. Right. Um I'm not saying right or wrong. I just want to know um, what your thoughts on that are. Because I think sometimes yeah. there's um, a higher standard that we put on people mm-hmm. um, that I don't know if it's fair. Um, no, I think most high schoolers do drink and like experiment with that kind of stuff. I personally don't just because I... Honestly, it's kind of about my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like I know that if I drink, then I'm going to feel out of control. Um, but... My friend, if my friends drink, I'm just kind of like, okay, like, as long as you're being safe, I don't, like, I'm not against it. It doesn't make me uncomfortable. Like, you're just being a teenager, and all teenagers experiment, and it, as long as they're being safe, I don't care. Have you ever seen real drugs? What do you mean by real like drugs? Like, illegal drugs, like, at school. Because I feel like for a while, the moms that are my peers were like, oh my gosh, everyone is heroin. Everyone's doing heroin. Heroin's everywhere. And I was like, I don't think that's the case. And then when I would ask the high schoolers, they'd be like, I've never even seen it. Which I've never seen any of hard, hard drugs. No, it would freak me out. The only like thing closest to drugs I've seen are like vapes and like jewels and stuff. Right. But I've never seen like heroin (laughs) and people at school are putting (laughs) nicotine or other drugs in the vapes both yeah and you're aware of that teachers are aware of that Mm -hmm. or and what i don't know who cares or what like i think it's stupid but like you think teachers know when they're not doing anything i think teachers know and they know that they can't really do anything about it because it's not really they do it in the bathrooms they do it where... There's a song, I think, by Motley Crue, Smoking in the Boys' Room, but it's just up a notch right now at school, right? Yeah, and teachers can't do anything about it because they don't have proof. So I think it's just kind of like, yeah, there are kids smoking in the bathroom, but can't do anything about it unless you catch them. Um, I have a question, um, and this is tagging off of a conversation that Jack Hammond had on Talk About God with Pastor Brian's podcast. And he talked about Olivia Hayes and says she never swears, she doesn't do it, and she won't do it. And I think that's so fascinating. What do you think about the swears? Um, hmm. I mean, I don't really... I don't really see problem with swearing yeah. as long as like you're not doing it in like like as long as you know your audience know your audience you know like I wouldn't just start swearing in the middle of church I always feel like there's a difference when I tell my kids I'm like slurs unacceptable hate speech unacceptable mm-hmm. exactly swears if you want to juggle with that it does not offend me right as long but as know I'm your not audience calling anyone names but if I just yeah. I think it's just the name calling and the mean parts of swearing are not good. Like there are certain swear words that I will never say, but. So you're saying like there's a difference between something has happened to you and that's a way you are expressing yourself. One might come out, but mm-hmm. if, if it's calling somebody a name and that's a swear word, that's kind of like your line that you don't cross. Yeah, I would never call anyone the N word. 
Yeah. Like I right. That's what I mean by yeah, slurs, like hate speech. Right. I would say that's a me. separate yeah. one yeah. than like a swear word. Yeah. Yeah. But that's kind of how I. But you stub your toe and one actually accidentally slips out. Yeah. You're not. I'm not like. But I know I'm not going to do it in front of VOH. I'll tell you that because I feel a little bit bad if she doesn't. The Olivia Hayes. Oh, Olivia Hayes. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I don't want to do it if she doesn't like it. Like exactly. then I feel bad about it. Knowing your audience. Because I think it's kind of funny. And then exactly. when I hear, like, when I was a server at Biagi's, there was this other mom, and we were the mom servers, and she was like, when I walk by tables and they're swearing, I'm like, mm, they sound so trashy, but when I do it, it's so funny. <laughs> like, I know, there's like a real double standard there, but I don't want to sound like trashy and low class if I'm swearing. Um, anywho's, will you take a minute and talk about some adult mentors um, at this church that we can highlight and honor right now or champion that have been a part of your life here? So one is this really weird lady, Marnie Lindbergh. No. Um, Don't talk about her. Let's talk about the other ones. Uh, but you're such a good mentor. Um, okay, why, so. why, why is Marnie a good mentor? <laughs> She's just so real. You're just real about things. You don't sugarcoat it. You don't hide anything. You're just like, this is life. And this is how I live my life. And take it. Take it as it is. So authenticity is yeah. valued. Yeah. Good. And that's like. Not like the other mentors don't do that, but I think it's just something unique to you. Okay, who else? Um, definitely Dawn DeBoer and Jeff Yeah, let's Clayton. talk about her. So Dawn works at the church, and she mm-hmm. has been a mentor, I mean, I think close to Marty's standards, like 25, 30 years. Mm-hmm. She was mentoring when I started um, back in like 2001, and she has the best laugh. Yes. Um, and she's, uh, I had to phone a friend one time during a small group where somebody said something and I was like, can you please wait a moment? I need to phone a friend. And I had to bring Dawn in and she was beautiful and wonderful mm-hmm. and articulate. So tell me why you love her. She's just so like loving. Like I feel like if I did the worst thing in the world, she'd still be like, I still love you and you're still a great person. Um, and she's just so like, like, like you said, wise and just everything she says, I'm like, yes, Dawn. Like, you know what's going on. You know what's up. And, again, her laugh. And I feel like I could go to her for anything. Like, I think that you could. And I think there's something cool about the fact that she's been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes I feel like people are like, oh, gosh, um, the kids, are they're getting into this. And they're doing this. And Dawn, you know, kind of with her wisdom mm-hmm. and her twinkle in her eyes, like, yeah, we'll get through it. We'll be yeah. okay. We've been here. This isn't new. This is not my, you know. Yeah. I love that about her. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. I think you could do anything and she'd be like, you're still a beautiful, wonderful human being and exactly. let's just move on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Who else besides Don? Jack. Talk about Jack him. Clayton. He's just... So I had him and Don together and them together is just such an interesting combination and now they're dating. So like, it's just... They're so different, but so like, like Jack again, he'll just tell it as it is. And he's more of, like, I don't really know how to describe him. But he's, again, like, he'll, I could do something awful. And he'll be like, you're still, like, a great person. Like, you're still a fantastic person. And I'm not going to judge you based on that. But he's very much, like, ah, like, in your face. As Dawn is more of, like, a kind of, I love you, but. Softer presence. Softer presence, Yes. Um, but Jack, again, is just so supportive and everything and so loving, even though when you like first talk to him, you may be a little intimidated by him because he's so out there, but he has like that soft side to him, which I love. 
Um, and what would be something that you feel like your faith, besides that one moment on your first tour that you already talked about, which was such a, an amazing, rich, emotional experience for you, mm-hmm. what other moment or um, thing that you learned through your years here at Ignition? I think, I don't know if there's like another specific moment. I think just like having a place to come to, to talk about God and to have those like intellectual like conversations where everyone kind of thinks the same is really cool and like great. Being in community and being able to discuss your faith. Mm -hmm. Um, What is a dream for your future? You're going to North Central right down the street, which is really exciting. So a new um, educational experience. And Mm -hmm. what do you want to be when you grow up? Um, I want to be either a middle school or high school history teacher. And I'm going to get a minor in psychology. So I'm hoping to one day teach psychology. So I just want to, I want to stay in Naperville because I like my Naperville people and my Naperville bubble, as people call it. Um, Yeah, and I just want to teach and make a difference in people's lives. And I want to keep going to church. I want to have a family. How many kids do you think you want to have? Two. Two kids. A boy and a girl. Oh, well, you don't get to pick. (laughs) I know, but in my yeah yeah, yeah. My in your yeah in your yeah. vision you know it's very possible in the future though like by the time carly does want to have kids that she will get to choose because... well you can i shouldn't say that yeah if you're doing it the old-fashioned way you don't well actually my friends have like i think drink orange juice are done on different days and then you can i no, think pick the gender i have a friend i have friends who swear by it yeah but you can't go to like randy morris down the street and they spin the sperm and then, it, like, the girls go to one side and, and the boys go to one side, and yeah. then you would make, but that would be outside your body. But yes, you yeah. could actually. But by the time do that. Carly's ready to have children, it's very possible that she know. could pick one boy and one girl. If, if you could in the future when you're ready, do you think you would say, okay, this is how badly I want this boy girl, so I'm going to have medicine choose it? No, I think whatever happens is supposed to happen. Yeah, it's a fun vision, but mm-hmm. you'll take what you get. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and when you say you want to talk about history, I think history is so rich. What is one of your favorite aspects of history that you are drawn to? Um, actually, I'm not. I'm not like a history buff. Like I don't love love history, but I love like psychology and sociology and like anthropology and stuff like that Neat. more Ew. than I like history. Can't you do those and teach those like at the high school level? Yes, but. Um, I think I want to start at the middle school level. I just like that age because I feel like high schoolers, they kind of know how to sweep by things without really trying their hardest. But in middle school, you're like, you're old enough where I won't have to teach behavior, but they're young enough where they still care about their school. Um, and I just think that's like, that's the age I want to teach. And they don't teach those subjects in middle school. I love anthropology and sociology. Mm-hmm. I'm sociology. <laughs> I'm excited for you to learn all about those things. I think those Me classes too. are so interesting to learn mm-hmm. about people, where we came from. There's an interesting thing I heard about anthropology and also relating back to our social media conversation. Um, and years, you know, thousands and ten thousands of years ago when people first had communities, it was like 200 people. And so in that 200 people, you had the natural leader. You had the person that was the best baker. You had the person Mm -hmm. that was the best at shoe construction. You had the person that was the best at getting food. 
But now we live in a world where we're global citizens and you belong yeah. to this group that is much bigger than 200. And so sometimes finding your identity in that can be tricky, mm -hmm. especially when you see the best cultivated life yeah. versus those people growing in a society where they were much so more intimately seeing people's mm -hmm. messiness. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for you to learn all about that. I would love to have a Cliff's Notes version. Um, what is a dream that you have for the world? What would you love to see changed in our world? Just all the violence needs to go away, in my mind. I think the way that we've normalized school shootings is beyond awful. And that is my biggest dream for the world is that that would just stop because I don't I just I think it's awful that that's yeah, and it's become a normal thing for us such a reality for you in mm -hmm. your experience yeah it's it's so sad that I would go to school every day thinking like oh I could be shot today do you have a metal detector at your school no do any of the Naperville schools not that I know of yeah I don't think we do either um, well, Carly, I have loved having you. I think I that you here. were so open and honest and so great with sharing. I think the way that you talked about your anxiety was amazing and, and so thorough and so wise um, to share with everybody. So we super appreciate you. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add or um, make sure that you are shown in a certain way? Not really that I can think of. Who is your biggest celebrity crush? Nick Jonas. By oh, far. Oh, that is the curly hair one mm -hmm. that just married Priyanka. Yep. Yes, and had six weddings and one on an elephant, I yes. think, was the total yeah. tally there. Yeah. Oh, he is darling. And a singer. Are you bringing that mm -hmm. up to like crush her dreams? That, I, that he's already married? Well, no. Do you want to talk about who you're in love with? Well, I was actually going to say with Ooh, the Nick Jonas thing. Segue. I think it's kind of funny because I'm dating someone with curly hair. Yes. You know? Oh. Like maybe that's my type. A handsome, sweet boy. Yes. Named Ben, who's going to Bradley, which is an yes. alliteration, which we all know that I enjoy. Ben going to Bradley. Oh, B -B. yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Take me a second. There. And what do you like you about him? Um, he just. Whenever I'm around him, I kind of feel like I'm at home, you know, like he brings me such a level of comfort. That and is real, real sweet. Way like, to go, Ben. That's the only like that's the biggest thing. Like I could be like, again, I went to Iowa with his family, but I was with him. Well, right. I wish he had a better family. I wish he had a better. No, <laughs> <laughs> I love his family. Don't get me wrong. His family's epic. Yes, we love the little flats. I in, in the midst of your journey, your anxiety mm -hmm. and, and figuring out like the best way to take care of it what, through medicine, it's key for you to have people that you can turn to from your parents mm -hmm. to somebody like Ben yeah. who isn't going to make those flippant comments that just make it worse for you right. in those moments. I've actually talked to my mom about it and she's like, it's better for you to be around Ben when you're anxious. He makes you feel better than I do. And Interesting. Like, I've I picked know, up on that. I don't know why, but... It, I don't know. He's just such a comfort to me. And He's so zen. Yeah. And I just, I love being around him. You know? Well, he's a pretty swell guy. He is a pretty swell guy. 
Pastor Brian, do you have any questions? Well, no, I'll just go back to what I said earlier. I think you're extremely brave <clears throat> for your honesty because that's the whole Thank point you. of this this podcast. Mm-hmm. And when Marnie and I were talking about you coming on, um, we knew about your anxiety, but like to be able to share that story, it's extremely brave of you. And you. Uh, I think it accomplishes the story aspect that we have here. Mm-hmm. And and last week, Marnie, uh, she's she's been talking about like vulnerability is not a bad thing. You know, right. we, we live in this I society totally where we've made that Ugh. a bad word. And that that right there, what you've shared here is you being vulnerable, but it's strength mm-hmm. and it's it's uh, very powerful to me to hear you share that. So I'm, I'm just very thankful that we had you on and that you were willing to share. Of course. I think it's something that should be talked about more. Yeah. And like, I'm so open about it with everyone in my life. Like if they have a question, like they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. But I'll be like, no. I want to share about it. Like, I want to talk about it. Let's make it normal. Let's make it normal. I think lifting um, any shame or or any kind of that with anything when you have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. I feel like Brett and I, on our 10-year wedding anniversary, went to um, marriage counseling and therapy. And it was such a gift to each other. And I feel like I try to work that into conversations all the time because people will be like, oh, you guys are a good couple. or, And I'm like, oh, yeah, but we've been to marriage counseling. We've been Mm -hmm. there because that's great. And that helps you. And we all need help. And everybody needs um, that support and that talking through. And so I think it's awesome that at the age of 18, you have those tools and you use them. Yeah. And I like my, my like thought process is if someone has been throwing up and has a 105 degree fever for like four days, it would be insane for them not to go to the doctor. But for someone who's been laying in bed and not wanting to do anything for two weeks, it's like, come on, just get up. Like you're just being that's lame. That's awesome. That's so, that's a beautiful way to say it. Yeah. Mental yeah. health is just as real and mm-hmm. should be sought help just as much as physical health. Yes. Yep. Definitely. Samaricare, which does counseling here, their, their theme is too stronger. So mm-hmm. for you, you're saying just uh, live, live. Like it's, it's normal. We all have this and, and you're, you're choosing to, to work on that with others. And I'm, yeah, I I think your story is awesome. So yay, Carly. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening, everybody. So uh, we're going to have another episode probably before the baby arrives in my family. Yes, we have a new friend that we're meeting. Okay. Um, and her name, is, we don't want to say well, you can say Miss Erica. Erica. Um, and I'm excited to meet her. So um, we're, we're, I'm going to meet her with all of you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, please email us at maximandmarnie at gmail.com. And we'll see we'll you guys We'll see soon. you later. Bye. Bye.